97.1 and uh like 100.9 yeah well um so yeah she's coming on it's i think like next sunday you're right in my ear i am dude you like that <laughs> you see that little box right there next to the mixer well preampage <laughs> wow yeah i yeah. like it so uh ted styles yes the united touch in the studio so you by trade are a real estate agent but we're you know we're bros and been knowing each other for a while i knew you before you were a real estate agent actually um crazy what uh and then too um so for a long time and still you are on the side like a vocal coach too as well as I, we were just talking about that yes i teach private lessons vocal lessons one-on-one uh along with piano and i think i've had a sack i've had a saxophone student and I think at one point I had a French horn student. I don't know what I was doing teaching French horn because I've never played French horn in my life. But you know, it pays the bills. So let's. let's Have you go. played sax? I know the theory has got to be the same on a I lot will of this. Totally. Like, bare secret here. I played clarinet. Clarinet. Do you probably just play in high school band or what? Well, all the way like well, fifth grade on. Right on. We did. Yeah, man, I tell people this all the time because I think it was I think it was BS, but like so I was I was homeschooled until eighth grade. And then oh, I go that to school. That explains a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That explains it. No, I'm kidding. No, it really well it may. It it does. It does in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh it definitely um it was definitely influenced the way that I, you know, just in those formative years, uh, yeah, it and, has to, and in, in different ways. I'm not saying it was all positive because, uh, you know, I grapple with it now because uh, Cora and I aren't going to be having kids for a few more years. But man, uh, I really don't want to send my kid to a public school. You know, it's interesting you bought, you bring this up because uh, we were at church. I was at church today, and we had this missionary there, and he was speaking and. And talking about where he lives and it just being probably not a place where most par- a lot of parents would choose to raise their kids, mm-hmm. right? Because of what they're exposed to. And I loved his approach because his whole intention was to make warriors do you do you want your kids to be safe not in the sense that you just throw your kids the wolves but do you want them to be safe or to be warriors yeah yeah that is that you know that is a big perspective (laughs) that um a lot of people have that take on like the you know i i never really i don't know how i feel about uh the whole uh, people getting uh, like participation trophies, like so many people take issue with that. I mean, I think it's kind of stupid too. But I mean, you <laughs> Do know, you hand out participation trophies at your gym? No, I don't. Uh, and uh, but but uh, they are making me do it for the boxing show. Are you <laughs> They're serious? They're making me do like medals for every every participant or whatever. Oh wow! You know, like but uh, does that rub you the wrong way? Or you just kind of go with it? Well, I mean, I, I I'm the school of thought like. You know, give the winner something, and 
But it, I guess it's a nice, like, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it lessens the loss for him any, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. I don't really know. But, like, a lot of people take issue with that. And and for, like, probably the same reasons of what you're saying is the whole uh, warrior society and uh, trying to uh, trying to get some uh, masculinity. But I don't know if masculinity is a good way of describing well, it. Well, I but. think just just the ability to... Um, that's just not real life where they grow up and just because you're there and you participate that you're going to get what you want out of life. I don't know that that's really a healthy perspective because that you go out in the real world, that sh- stuff is just not going to be handed to you. No, I, parti- <laughs> I participate super hard. And, uh, you know, dude, I, I competed so much in jiu-jitsu, and I trained super hard right. all the time, dude, and, like, did private lessons and no traveled doubt. and, like, uh, just absorbed the max amount of resource I could. And it was still super a grind, man, you know. And if super, you look at uh, any successful person, whether it's in business or performance or art or whatever – in any field, how did that person get there? They didn't get there by just showing up. That yeah. that doesn't get. I mean, that's like a tenth of your battle. You know, the rest of it. I mean, you got to grind. You got that grind. You have to put in if you're gonna. Well, and two. You know, here's another thing. I think people don't realize is like just because you grind doesn't mean you're gonna make it on any timeline. Oh, or, or maybe wow. even at all. And then I start. Jo- <laughs> then I start joking with people. I'm like, well, maybe you won't be appreciated in your own time. You know, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe after you're gone, people will be, you yeah. know, whatever you. Yeah. But that's um, I I don't know. I'm I I jo- I've been joking around because uh, like I get a lot of funny questions about um. Oh, did you know that your gym would be this big? Or and I mean, for our area, the gym is big, but like even for our state, it's pretty big. Oh my word! I mean, the other day you had a testing, and you could barely fit the parents in that gym. I know, yeah, packed. It's crazy. Yeah, we have a lot of students, you know. Yeah. So I get a lot of of uh, just questions, people saying things like that, and I'm like, yes, yes, I did. I planned all of this actually, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, you know, but that um, I mean, I just knew all along that that was gonna. But dude, you know, um, there was a time when I was working like three jobs. That's exactly. Exactly. And I kind of am right now. I was just saying last (laughs) last podcast, I was like, but, but too, now the jobs, like all, um, the other two jobs took away from martial arts, you Mm -hmm, know? mm -hmm. And now, um, I don't know. I feel like my life is enhanced by the other two jobs. One of which we will say is this podcast. This is the 50, I think the 51st episode. Wow. So, uh, I've been going since like December 27th, I think it is. All right. Uh, but, um, nice. That, and then, you know, my, uh, like, I'm, I'm teaching, teaching classes. And I think that uh, I'm getting set. I've got, well, I am set up to do a mobile podcast now. So I can record audio or audio video, like, really high quality with this digital recorder and this, uh, this mic here. Uh, see, I, get, I just got this one. Bam. Nice. Right there. So nice. I can record um, at my office at the university if I want, or I think I'm going to do, a, I've been talking about doing a series of podcasts at Midtown Coffee. 
do it. Because I see you Absolutely. in there all the time. We, we could have done ours there. We could have we could have totally set up. Yeah, but what I'm going to do essentially is if I do a mobile with the camera, I think this is what I'm going to end up doing. I'm going to put um, hook the camera into this so all the audio um, coming from uh, – Coming from the camera will be picked up on this instead of Dude, the camera. Dude, move on a shaker! Wow. Yeah. So that uh, I'm still figuring it out, man. I I, I was just telling Jesse. So if it, people listen to both these podcasts in a row, but I I made uh, there's two different models of these uh, types of mics, and I thought I bought the one that had a, this five pin XLR additional uh, thing on the back, and it doesn't. I'm gonna say that's cool. Like I really know what you just said, but. Five pin XLR. Yeah. It's this is a three pin XLR right here, like a microphone cable, and it goes all the way here down into the mixer, and it's very scientific. It sounds, yeah. yeah. But I had to, yeah, I've had to learn. So, what how is to do your what is your purpose in podcasting? Well, there, you know, what it, what is your mission statement? <laughs> Cora might say that I just like to like to hear myself yeah. talk. Well, uh, so, <laughs> and that's okay. No, not that is not the reason. Uh, well, hey, I like to yeah, no. I like to talk to other people uh, in a, in a big way, especially people that uh, a I have good conversations with. We or, do have good conversations. Or b like, dude, Jesse Weiss just last uh, the guy I had on it, and it was blowing my mind about national parks at the beginning. Like, I felt like I was in a college class, like learning, and I was just like. And he was talking for like <laughs> probably like five minutes at the beginning. And I was just like, wow, you know? And then at the very end, he was talking about um, national monuments, like the Barriers National Monument, um, uh, some changes that have been made uh, to monuments um, under the Trump administration and stuff. You just have to listen to oh it. Oh, my. But uh, he's a member at the gym. He's a sociology professor, does kickboxing. He's a good dude. Nice. Uh, professor at uh, University of the Ozarks, but he's been on a couple of times. Now you're in Moral, you're teaching in Moralton, right? Teaching in Moralton, and um, so yeah, yeah. And the reason I'm I'm talking about doing the mobile is I'm probably going to be doing like an online course through there. Oh, nice. That is the hope and plan. Um, but they're wanting me to teach a lot more classes, so bro. Yeah. I can, I'm set up to you're, do it. You're rolling up on that fourth job. <laughs> well, that'll just be what I like. What I've been uh, kind of uh, working on at the gym is um, not really teaching kids a whole lot. You know, like I, I, right. right now, I only teach kids. I think three times a week, and uh, so where Cora would do most of that. Yeah, I'm then... gonna. I'm just gonna calculate how many hours a week I teach class. This is not including private lessons, but all of that is scalable. You know. Uh, so I do four hours of jujitsu, counting my morning and noon classes. Uh, so I teach those, and then I've been having a guy. He's about to go out uh, out of the country for a while, and this he has to do periodically. That's been helping me teach nogi, but um, I've got plenty of people that help teach some of the classes, you know. Right. And uh, then I teach. Um, let's see. Judo, most of the time I teach. Sometimes McMillan teaches. That's a 45-minute class twice a week. Right before jiu-jitsu, which another two hours. That's six hours of jiu-jitsu. Seven and a half with judo. And then we got 
after sparring everything, I don't know. I'm probably like, I probably do like a 14 hour a week load, counting boxing, kickboxing, everything at the gym. Right. And that's like physically teaching class. That's, that is not teaching plans, writing up. Yeah, it's not, it's not. And essentially I'd be doing the same thing at Moralton, but like physical, um, that's the thing. Like, uh, I'm teaching a summer class of total repeat of the class I just taught Western Civ two. So it's going to be super easy to teach. And I really, I really do enjoy lecturing. I enjoy like podcasting and listening to people talk about things that I've never heard of Mm -hmm. or that I don't know about or, and that I'm interested in. Uh, so, you know, just lots of, lots of reasons to podcast. Um, plus I'm just super fascinated with like, it's a cool niche, you know, with, Mm -hmm. uh, like how you can just like, I've, I've always liked the Brian Chenoweth, do you know who he is? Oh yeah. So yeah, of course you do. You have to know that guy. (laughs) Brian, I send you almost all of my piano students. If you're listening to this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hey, he's who sold me my recorder. There you go. He was on the podcast, man. You got to listen to that episode, but we were talking about just like being like creators. Like it's super cool th- how you can just create. Like I uploaded, I think, twenty eight videos on our uh, gym's YouTube uh, last month. I got I got a little email just saying how many videos I'd uploaded. And it was it, I was like, oh, okay. And um, same thing with the podcast. And it's cool that you can just you know like most of the stuff at the gym I do not with that camera right there, but with my phone or the iPad. Mm-hmm. Or I've even had people come in and film. And it's just, it's nice that I can just get that right out to people. You know, I think that's something interesting that you just said a a few seconds ago of that being able to create on the, be able to, being able to create. uh, And I think that's, I mean, whether you are, a martial arts teacher or, or, or a teacher in a classroom or a studio. I think that's what I thrive off of teaching is, <clears throat> and you know, you've experienced this with your students at Forza and maybe in the classroom as well. But the, when you, have been working with a student and there's that moment when that light bulb goes off, man, it connects and they get it. It's just all there and what they've been working on, what you've been trying to, get them to feel because in voice Dude, it's emotional man it's crazy every I time i you, see a so student do well and then um i think about what you're talking about like it it almost tears me up every single time dude. yeah like it's uh, nuts like we're about to have promotions at the gym uh and we're going to be promoting like seven blue belts or something in jiu-jitsu and uh it's a bunch of people that have been working really hard yeah. for like Two to 18 months to two years minimum, minimum, you know, mm-hmm. and um, it's just, uh, you know, it's it's an emotional thing when you see them get emotional about mm-hmm. about it because you know that they have put it in and it's just kind of like honoring them. Oh, you know, man, promotions always get me kind of 
kind of emotional about stuff. And the cool thing with, <clears throat> well, especially teaching something like voice, teaching someone, um, you know, I, I tell people I don't teach people how to sing per se. I hopefully, <laughs> hopefully teach people how to get out of their own way so that the sound that they produce is their sound because we we listen to stuff I'm big, all the time. I'm really big on individuality too. Yes, and so I'll have a student come in, and they've heard, you know, oh I don't know, Pink or Justin Aguilar Bieber or Justin Bieber, you know, come in and and yeah, that's a great song. Sure, they kill it, uh, but you. As a student, one, you're 13, right? Uh, you were not created to make that sound. Mm -hmm. That is not your voice. Yeah, oh, it's got to be hard working with younger students. It's like so that. hard because all they hear is 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 artists on a uh, you know and on a recording, and they forget that they're in a studio. Their voice is put through a system. There's so many things that go on behind the scenes that they don't have. It, and they think that these people sound this way just like they were sitting next to you. And so they come in with this this sound idea in their head. And, and it's, they, imita it's imitation. It's imitation, but it's damaging because then what they're hearing, they're trying to produce in their own voice, which it was never meant to do. So you let's say you, ha you have this huge song. Like uh, something from, oh, I don't know, uh, something that Pink might sing or something, you so know. We'll say Justin Timberlake. Okay, Justin Timberlake, you know. I got sunshine <laughs> in my pocket. That song, <laughs> right. that song. Right, and you can have fun with it, you know, and everything like that. But I think we have to be careful um, with with young artists, especially young vocalists. We have to be we have to, as a teacher, we have to be careful what we allow them to do because their their vocal mechanism was not meant to produce that kind of a sound, that big of a sound. So they forced and it's strained and it's pressure and it's all this unhealthy stuff. So now they're producing a sound and thinking, okay, I've got to push this and I got to strain this and I got to do this instead of stepping back and saying, you know what, this is the sound that you were meant to, like, I don't care if you listen to it to get the melody down and, 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 and whatnot, but be careful. Like, eventually, I don't want you listening to that. I want you to produce the sound that you were meant to produce. So it's just cool when, when you've been working with a student and because it's not like, you can walk up to the student and say, you know, if you're working on kicks, there's a form to a kick or a form to a punch, and it's an external. You can see externally what's going on, and they work and drill and drill and drill and drill and drill for years and mo months and years. Vocals, it's internal. You, yeah. you can't just have them, you know, like, this is what is going on with inside your body with it. You know, you have to use you know, visual aid or, or descriptions and pictures. But most of all, it's feel. Because if there's tension, 
you know, within the throat or here, more than likely there's something not working right. So as long as, and I'm getting really tender. It's like I'm no, in the no, studio dude, this, this is why we're here. This is why we're yeah. here. So if everything is lined up. Posturally. Here, exactly. That airflow is free to continuously flow. As soon as you kink that by, you know, pushing the chin out or a weird head position or whatever. And I'm not saying that you can never do that, but if that's like consistently happening or you're straining to sing a song that might be currently out of your range or, or whatever, you have to be really careful to check all that stuff. It, you know, is the breath happening? Are you, are you, are you straining when really, if you just relax and you use that breath control and you just let it open and nat naturally open, then you produce your sound. And, and I think that's when the magic happens is when they are doing those things that you, you've shown them and you've taught them and all of a sudden everything just lines up and they produce this sound and you can tell, you can hear when it's freely produced or if it's forced. Cause it's, it's just flow, man. It, it just, it just comes out. It's yeah, amazing. no, I noticed like there's somebody I was listening to play. Um, they were, they were like, uh, doing a live, uh, per, uh, recording of them playing out and they're just doing they were do, using a loop pedal and just playing guitar and they were doing like a little solo overlay and just little things and i'm i'm like a horrible lead and so like i don't yeah, not, i don't lead anything <laughs> it, well that's like that's just not my style like i'm right. more of a rhythm guitar player mm -hmm. um i can play some leads but if it's not in the scales and in um I just like, you know, I have a certain things I, I do and I'm not, yeah. I'm, I'm poor at the, what I'm being critical of this person. Of. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just like you could tell that some of it is forced and, mm -hmm. um, and you can miss notes and that's actually pretty easy to cover up. But like sliding from note to note mm -hmm. or like mm -hmm. going from note to note and you get like the uncertainty, it's just really evident if it's not. I think, right I think there. one of the things that we struggle with too is, in audience in music today is we are so far away from hearing natural vocals that are not put through a system. Yeah, yeah. Like really, we go to a really. live show and uh, we hear someone and and uh, you know they're just simply put through a microphone or even if you don't have a microphone, it's just their voice and they miss something or they're flat or they're sharp or whatever. And it just it grates on us, and we're like, but that's that's the human voice, like that. Dude, I love live performances. Yeah, that's it's my not favorite. Auto tuned. Way. It's not. Yeah, I've tweaked. told uh, people several times I've gone to a concert, and then like, oh, that was so awesome, and like buy the buy the CD, and then you go in, you put the CD in, you're like more, and the CD sucks. Yeah. <laughs> the the studio recording yeah. is not good. Mm -hmm. That's why I love widespread panic so much because they put out so much live stuff and so mm. many uh, live performances that are nice edited quality on YouTube. Yeah, and um, that's like that's probably too why 
you know, I really, um, I consume so much stuff from YouTube, for yeah. example, of like bands that are like, they have awesome channels that they're putting all their stuff on right. there for you. Right. And I like, I have that and I see why they're doing it. And it's like, Hey, we're just trying to get the word out. And I, that's, um, that's like, you know, th that's a really good way. And like a lot of times I, every, the major topics of the podcast, uh, become exactly what's going on in that particular time. But also, um, keeps things fresh, you know? You get the, you, I'm mm -hmm. always talking about uh, what I'm lecturing on, what's going on in MMA, what's going on. Dude, speaking of which, oh, what man. I mean, come on, you got to talk about it. I mean, yeah. What's, what is going on right I, now? I mean, a lot of people are poking holes uh, saying <laughs> that they don't believe what I say is true. But I think it was all a scripted thing, man. You know, yeah, what do you think? Uh, well, I mean, We're I don't know about Conergate. Yeah, pull it up, pull it up, pull it yeah, up. Yeah, we can. We'll throw it on the TV, going. dude. Yeah. Um. Uh, Conor McGregor attacks bus. <laughs> See, so that's the first thing that pops up. In I YouTube. love. I love how it's a, like he's going to harm the bus. <laughs> well, uh, apparently, uh, allegedly, there, um, there was a a couple of fighters that got hurt. What I think is that their main event fell apart twice. And okay. So what was the story behind the guy bouncing on that? Okay. Well, so was it like medical or did he the just first person was injured walking oh, okay. indoors with sunglasses on. They fell and hurt their knee. The second person go. couldn't make weight, and they were like had like taken their body, like they were ruled medically unfit to um, compete. And it was a good replacement. His name, a guy named Max Holloway. So how does that happen? If you're supposed to make weight, and then you're there's a really high quality video that's been edited out there. How convenient! Not this one, really, but. So they're saying that there's a guy sitting right there. Oh, wow. But it didn't touch her. This close to breaking her hand, but it didn't touch her. They're just hyping, man. I just feel like it's all hyping, like... I've watched all these videos they put out, and I'm like, this is just all way too, like, it just looks There's like... There's too many like, cameras and people there. It looks like <laughs> wrestling, man. It's like people are saying, it looks like pro wrestling. And then people are like, no doubt. well, you couldn't do this. And it's like, I've, I grew up watching this. Like, right, right. It was right. always a confrontation in a parking garage and somebody breaking the windshield out of a car and people beating each other up in the parking lot <laughs> because of a beef with some guy's wife. And I mean, it was, it's just entertainment. And Zufa was recently bought by an entertainment company. Zufa's the parent of the UFC. Boom. You know, like, so I'm like, okay, you guys could lose all this money or you could maybe break even, not pay a few fighters. I mean, you got on TMZ for Pete's sake. Yeah. I mean, oh, it went viral, man. Yeah. Like, just like right after I woke up uh, the night after it happened. So uh, is the, the fight going to happen? 
It did. It happened last night. Yeah. Oh, it did. Oh, it did. yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, I uh, man. So Khabib That's ended up fighting game. this guy who was like the fourth replacement for him, and it's just like, but they still had all this in the background for promotional and future fight of course. And why not? It, oh man, it's Conor McGregor. Yeah, but I, man, I just like I kind of feel like that was all. I feel like that was just all a scripted incident. Maybe there were some people hurt in it, but so I back think, to my question: like, how how are you supposed to make weight, but then deemed medically not able? Is well, it because of not making so, weight. So yeah, this guy, his name is Max Holloway. He's actually a with the 145 pound champion. So oh, wow. Conor McGregor. I haven't weighed 145. Oh, I can't tell you last time that either. I, the, I fought at one eleventh grade. <laughs> I fought one fifty five in two thousand ten. Wow! But um, that's the lightest I've been um, in my adult life, and that was way too light. It's bro. been it's been many 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 years since. Well, I've that's a lightweight. That's lightweight one fifty five. <laughs> so Max yeah. Holloway was trying to move up a weight class, but here's the thing. Max Holloway probably walks around like 170 and he was trying to cut because that one guy got hurt with his sunglasses on wow. and he was trying to cut from like 170 to 155 and apparently just like sucked his body down into nothing. And it's just like, wow. what's the, you just, what's the point? But I think that they just couldn't make a good fight and they'd put that, think about, they put all this money into pr uh, to publicity yeah. and media. And it's like, if you're going to use your media budget to the last couple of days, uh, and you're losing money and people are not going to buy pay-per-views and people are wanting their tickets refunded or not buy tickets and not come see the fight. <coughs> I think that some of the fights probably were falling through anyway mm. that were on the card due to weight cutting or, or what have you. What do you feel about that? Weight cutting? Yeah. Oh, I think it's ridiculous, man. I think they should make a, a few more weight classes and, um, I'm not saying uh, – here's the thing. If they go to a same-day weigh-in, it'll be detrimental in the beginning. But, um, I mean, that's how it is in jiu-jitsu. It's like you weigh and then you go compete right then. See, to me, that would be oh, – man. Well, what sucks is if you miss you, you, weight right then, then it's off, and then everybody's already there, and it's disappointing. You know, but or like uh, that's like on jiu-jitsu. Well, and you've so just like MMA, spent... uh, if they did that, boxing does it early in the morning. Uh, or like, well, we, like for example, we'll weigh in between twelve and three and fight at six thirty. So, is it a legitimate complaint that like you go it, try to make weight? You've just exhausted yourself trying to make weight. As soon as you make weight, then you go fight. Like, are you physically oh, and mentally yeah, oh, ready yeah. to go uh, do that? No, it sucks you out, down. I, I hate having like I always like my my last two fighters I worked with on cutting weight. Um, they dieted mostly. <coughs> um, and uh, so, like, they both came in no problem. And Damon had cut down from, like, 210 at least uh, to 185. Oh, wow. But he died. He didn't have to sit in the sauna. He didn't, he didn't sweat out. Like, like a lot of these fighters are going and sucking their body dry of fluids. I think he might have done a bathtub, like sitting in the bathtub for a little bit. But I want to say he was right on weight. And then Judah, our other guy, came in like two pounds under. I mean, that's 25 pounds in what length of time? Uh, that was probably like eight weeks. You know, so uh, – and he was just slamming tons of water. 
Yeah. Uh, like at least a gallon a day. I mean, three pounds a week. That's really cleaned up his diet. Really reduced the sugars. Yeah. So I did. I had some ice cream right before you got here. Oh man, I just had Taco Bell. Yeah, dude. I, Bro, I know, man. I've been podcasting. Quesadilla. I, I like, think I got steak in my chicken quesadilla, though. I'm not convinced of it, but it was a little funky. Yeah, dude. You know who has a good chicken quesadilla here in town? Is Stobies. Here we go. Then. I have. I don't know that I like it though. Oh. Oh. I hope Nick Lyons, I know, best right? friend from my wedding, is not listening. Ooh, but it's, Stobies is awesome. I love Stobies. Stobies is. It is not, good. It I is good. They have it. a lot. I like the French dip there. I like what was it that I, I like the uh, the Reuben. Oh, yeah, the Reuben's good. We should go eat breakfast there sometime. <gasps> I've yes. got this um, this thing that I like to get called the Philly omelet. So What's in that? So good, dude. So it's like it's like a, well, I don't get the onions and bell peppers. I just get the the steak, and it's it's like so essentially it's like a Philadelphia steak omelet with like white the white cheese dip and then like some sourdough toast with a side of hash browns. They got really good hash browns there. And I just and this dude weighs like fifty pounds less than I do. Do you hear this, everybody? Man, yeah, it's you, you don't want to <laughs> do it too much. <laughs> You don't want to do it too much. I was just talking about. I was just talking to Justin. Uh, Dude, that guy's really leaned down a whole lot. He's lost at least oh twenty five pounds, if not more, maybe thirty five since I know. That dude kills it. Dude, he, I, we always we were just joking the other day. We're like, you have Ted Styles to thank for this, bro. Because <laughs> he loves jujitsu so much. He's so intense. Dude, I love you, it. you tag that guy on Facebook like probably a hundred times. Like every time you saw something cool, you were like, just a He's coming on the podcast. Um, Dude, that's going to be uh, that's gonna be a good day. Yeah. Um, that's going to be a good April, day. Uh, so Tuesday, April 17th, uh, him and Brad Hatfield. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're both going to be sitting over there, and I'm going to be talking to him about them going and training with Fabio Santos. So it's going to be a, a jujitsu unraveled episode. Oh, my word. So Is yeah. Brett in BJJ? Yeah, he sure is. How did I not know this? Yeah, he Brett, started, you're holding out on me. Man. Yeah, Brett, also Hunter. Yes. 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 We got Hunter, too, dude. Yep. So, um, Dude, where did, that's... All right. Jiu-jitsu right. jiu for life. BJJ FBC, baby. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we have a, he's, <laughs> all, he's always a bringing people. He bought, I brought this judo guy in that was in from Japan for a while. And I got to like uh, stand up and go with that dude. And um, it was awesome because <laughs> I just got my judo bite belt. And he had been doing judo for 15 years in Japan. Wow. And I was just like, what's up, dude? Let's go, you know. And um, I was able to throw him maybe maybe once or twice clean. Um, there's a couple of times it just wasn't super clean. And then a couple of times in judo rules, it would have been illegal. But we were in jiu-jitsu class, too. We ain't playing Olympic judo rules with the 15-year-old or 15-year-old judo guy. That's a white belt. And how often does that happen in Russellville, Arkansas? Yeah. Well, I mean, I I don't know. Um, I've got I've had a chance to really um, to play with some cool judoka over the year, years of uh, doing this that have just been passing through. You know. Yeah. This is cool. One time I remember we were there was like it was like iced outside, but we were still training. It was when we were down on Main Street, splitting around at this karate place, 
And this guy was like rolled through and was like, Hey man, you know, I'm passing through. I got like a jujitsu blue belt and I've had like seven MMA fights. Just wanted to roll. And we like, we rolled and never saw the dude again. He was a super nice guy and we trained and awesome. then he was gone. Oh and, man, I had a memory come up the other day on <laughs> Facebook of that old gym. Man, we um, oh. we've been sharing um, stuff for it's like it's been two years since we moved in the current spot. Really, two yeah, years, dude. Yeah. So wow. things that you're seeing are probably three years old. <laughs> yeah, if you're getting notifications, <laughs> oh, 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 dude, I'm turning thirty-one let's, this month. Let's not and dude, talk I age. think that I'm let's getting here's what I age. here's what I think I'm getting for my birthday, dude. Oh. Some of those five finger shoes. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going all in. The vibrams. Yes, bro. <laughs> I'm getting some toe socks as well. Okay, I don't even care. And then That's also awesome. check this out. A fanny. You can pack. wear the. Yeah, Joe Rogan higher primate fanny pack. Would you like to see what it looks like? I have no words, dude. I just I I'm have, so I have comfortable to take this wearing right a now. fanny pack. You know, because um, who's gonna say anything to me about that? People and might even talk if they in do, the comments, cares? but it's like, hey, let's let's come talk about it. Please you know? tell me you're going to wear it where the pack is in the back. I, you know, I haven't really thought about it. I'm probably going to be a, more of a like front side hip, like the corner, <laughs> like the front corner. So uh, like the hip flexor. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, uh, Fanny Pat Joe Rogan. Uh, that's what we're looking for here. But so what's oh man, what's inspired all of this? Uh, I will say if anybody could pull it off, I think I can do if anybody could pull it off. It'd probably be you. I, I mean, somebody was giving me a hard time about where I mean, you got that. the hair, you can grow the beard. Why not throw in a fanny pack? I just shaved my beard. Somebody's giving me a hard time about uh. I don't even remember what I was gonna say. I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find you this fanny pack, fam. <laughs> oh, what about wearing capris? They're not really capris. I mean, they're made by Under Armour. My one, my fighter. I was just mentioning Damon. He has a pair too. He's wearing the same pair I have. You can see Joe Rogan wearing it right there. He wears it in the front. But yeah, conveniently he sells fanny packs and getting one. Okay, I carry my gun in it too. There's. <laughs> There's a difference between Joe Rogan and someone that looks like that wearing a fanny pack versus me wearing a fanny pack. <laughs> Bro, you need a fanny pack for all your real estate contacts. Nope. <laughs> you will never see me in a fanny pack. Dude, you know, I that would probably um I'd probably wear like a shoulder bag too, you know, like I have a. Backpack. I don't mind doing that. Like I have I, a backpack a right now. I'll, I'll sling and it. like uh, Josh McMillan, he did. Uh, I did an advanced uh, concealed uh, carry with him. I was thinking about not renewing, and then I renewed and got the advanced. So, um, which means you can what now? Um, well, <laughs> it's a controversial thing to say on air. It, yeah, it, we'll just bypass that question. <laughs> well, it means um, it's all good. It it's means good, that I could carry um, if on college campuses. Gotcha. Uh, within the rights of, uh, you know, the school. Yeah. Well, there's um, 
any public university I'm supposed to. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to get you in trouble. By I'm probably not going to do that uh, <laughs> at this time. Uh, and, uh, you know, they're real clear on uh, the law about it right now. And uh, yeah. that's kind of what they're going through the whole course is about. But I need to do a recertification anyway. Uh, so it's been five years since I certified. So it's just um, some some um, states recognize, like our states, um, concealed carry. But uh, then, like, it's not like a driver's license, though. <laughs> you know, like, it doesn't work. Um, like, for example, like New York has, in California, have super strict gun laws. And we do not. So um, they do not recognize my <laughs> rights here in the state of Arkansas. <laughs> but uh, you th- might get a little trouble. Yeah, but that is a, it. Is a um, I, I think some people probably think it, the idea of carrying on campus is controversial. But I think um, the worst mass shooting in the United States was at Virginia Tech, if I'm not mistaken. And um, I'm not saying there should have. Was that a sniper situation, or was it just like somebody walked in a classroom? I can't remember. I can't either. I can't remember. I don't want to say I can't remember for sure. And a lot of people don't realize. Okay, so check this out. A lot of people don't realize that that Jonesboro shooting was um, one of the first mass school shootings Mm. in uh, the United States. That like was a mass loss of life. Columbine happened the year after that. But it being an early case and it being minors hmm. they are the only two mass shooters i'm repeating all of this from a friend of mine named nathan musser i haven't researched <laughs> any of it um <laughs> they were both um minors at the time and they went to they went to prison or went to some sort of institution and they got out when they were 18 they were put into hmm. witness protection hmm. and they changed their names and one of them tried to buy a gun and got flagged hmm. uh, for trying to buy a gun and did a did a background check or whatever. And um, so, what do you what do you think? While we're on this, what role do you think mental illness plays in that whole issue? Uh, I think it's I think it does play a role. Like um, it's definitely to be talked about. But here's my issue that I've uh, kind of taken with the whole like uh, really. Um, you know, we had Chris Hausnick on. We talked about a lot of this. Mm. We did a little clip actually on. Um, gun control politics uh mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just from it really like he really kept it from an unbiased point of view sure man it's like i think that the state agencies have to talk to federal agencies more mm-hmm. about the mental health issue mm-hmm. it's just man like um we had um we had someone we knew that we were a little worried about um i wasn't directly involved with it but like um that it's like hey this person probably needs some uh, you know, to become a ward of the state for a little while mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. be able to go and get evaluated and, you know, cause they didn't have insurance and it's like, you know, no one knew what was wrong with them mm-hmm. and something's wrong. Something was wrong with them. Like the, wow. the person that we knew was gone. Like it was that, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just like, it was, you know, something's going on. Like when no one knew what was going on and it's like, it's does so anyone sad. know what's going on? And it's like to get the whole process to go through that is very difficult. Um, and it involves a lot of um, compliancy by the individual. Mm. And uh, I don't know, man. I just feel like that's it. A lot of time uh, people who are mentally ill are not asking for help. 
and uh, or don't know how to ask for help or not willing to ask for help or don't even know that they need help. And then so the ones you do get, then the state agencies aren't reporting them. Mm. So uh, into, you know, it's I don't know, I'm disallowing. um, I mean, I think someone who's got a mental illness can buy a gun, but someone who has been convicted of um, like a felony, um, Mm. like, let's say they like, I don't know, of any kind, but like a nonviolent one. Right. Right. You know, they get they can't uh, like somebody was telling me a super fortunate, unfortunate incident the other day of just like um, when they got um, as a minor, they got popped for something and they made it a felony on him. He was about to turn 18. They tried him as an adult. It was like some weed related charge and super minor too, dude. But I mean, this is like 10 years ago or 15, Mm. maybe even more. You know, like back in, I mean, then once it was in the 90s, so it would have been like, you know, maybe even 20 years ago. Wow. But, uh, you know, and it's like that, then it was supposed to be expunged when he turned 18 right. and, and all of this. Like, uh, you know, he had a, like a, a maybe something he went through doing his 21 and like he moved out of state and had no problems. But he, he came back to the state and was supposed to have had all and his they, rights they back and he had even off. voted out of state and they didn't have it taken off in state. And that was just like. But he was voting in federal elections and all of these other things in other states. And it's like that's a perfect example of a state agency not talking to the federal agencies mm. on all sorts of issues. So he comes back, and now it's affecting him. Years. Like, I mean, no, it's not affecting him anymore. He got it totally taken care of. But, uh, um, gotcha. but it was. Yeah. yeah, it was. And he was even applying for jobs, and it was popping up in his background. Unbelievable. It is, man. We'll see, you know, like I think San Francisco, uh, there's some city in California that started um, reversing all of these uh, marijuana related charges, Mm -hmm. for example, just because I mentioned that. Um, And I think you're going to see that more because it's like I I heard this stat the other day. It is um, medically legal in 20 states and recreationally legal in nine. Wow. Yeah. Wow, and you know when it went in Arkansas, it p- didn't pass uh, fifty two forty eight for a recreational. So it's pretty tight. Yeah, it's I pretty mean, tight. and two, it may not pass when it comes up for vote again. You know, but um, yeah. I think that that is the direction that things are moving. Uh, and I think I think there's. It just seems it's it's sad to me that you take. Um, you take something like mental health issues and we try to legislate and we, we put it on this. We, we take a, a personal issue that affects just, just so many people. And with, with little help, you know, with little help and, you know, as you know, like in recovery, just because I do celebrate recovery, but, it is, it is a real issue. It is. It, this isn't something that people just <clears throat> wake up one day and they're a little stressed out, or you know, oh, we're gonna like people don't choose to have a mental disorder, and so yeah, I think it's, you know, the fact of the matter is, it's an issue. Fact of the matter is, is, is there's a we are in trouble. We are in trouble. 
Well, here's uh, so back to like, uh, for example, um, I've been telling people this a lot, and I totally, based off all my research, agree with this. Like, and I think that this was the case in one of the in the the person I was mentioning a minute ago, and in other people that I know of and have seen over the years. I think that, <clears throat> like, with the mental health and drugs, mm-hmm. okay. Um, I think a few different things with that. Obviously, someone who's doing a ton of meth <laughs> is not going to have a healthy brain for very long. Mm-hmm. But I do think that there's like four psychoactive substances that I do believe to be less harming to adults. I think that like I'm totally anti doing those until you're like 25 years old or something. And not and based off not per but like just research. If you look into uh, the the development of your prefrontal cortex and the ages in which that happens in males and females, you're gonna get a 23 to 25 number. So like I just like I literally told uh, like some people. I think as I was talking to my class the other day, we were talking about. Uh, uh, compa- I was I was giving an analogy of comparisons. We were talking about the Enlightenment and. Uh, Voltaire used uh, used a lot of comparisons, and other people did too. But um, I was using a, a comparison that a guy had used uh, to argue for um, the, uh, the like the legalization of uh, of some some different drug at one time. Right? Mm-hmm. Is uh, we're we're using a comparison, and I, man, I, I I still like I was like I think that that's you know you, I get that like. There, you know, that's why maybe there. I don't think that like alcohol. I think is way worse than a lot of drugs out there. But it's like you got to be twenty one to drink. Mm-hmm. But you got to, you know, it. Well, here's you know, I I think there should be a, like an age limit yeah. even on some like even like even uh, with marijuana, man. Like in these recreational legal states, like I'm pretty um pretty open minded about that. Like really open minded about mm-hmm. it, honestly. But uh, still, I think that like. I don't think high school students should be doing it, and I don't think mm. you should do it in college either if these studies that I'm, like, reading and believing are true. <clears throat> I think, and this is purely opinion, this is just me, uh, until a person gets to solving the problem of why they are using. Yeah. Then they will always use, they will always go back. And there's something going on either in the heart of that person, in the mind of that person. Now I'm not talking about chemical imbalances, things that are physically wrong with a person's mind or, or, or body that creates certain emotional, mental issues. I'm not talking about that. Go to a doctor, get brain scans, have them look at it, make sure everything is functioning properly, get your chemicals checked, get, get all those things. And if there's still an issue, then look, okay, so what is underneath all of that? What is, what is, what is unsolved that is creating this desire. And I think if you can get, you know, take these shooters, these school shooters, at some point there was a choice made. 
you know, it, whether they were bullied and they're out for vengeance or uh, they they felt, you know, somehow ostracized or there was something maybe at home going on. I, I don't know. I mean, there's just a well, myriad and, of things. And, well, a lot of times it's, it's all of those things. It's, yeah. And it's crazy how uh, I've said, like, there's a, there's a guy that's been on uh, Joe Rogan a few times, and that's how I heard about him, but he's on uh, NPR as well. Call, I named Stefan Molyneux, and it might be Molinax. Um, I'm not really sure how to pronounce his last name. I've, I've heard it pronounced Molyneux. But uh, he talks about like how um, how kids develop and like um, mm-hmm. in the absence of a father figure mm-hmm. or if they have like a really strict mother yep. and like um, I think a lot of it has to do with like these things. I'm like so let's let's say this. So let's say you like you mentioned the home life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's say that your parents divorced when you were five, and so you didn't have, uh, you didn't develop a lot of empathy during that time. That's mm-hmm. a study that um, that's that's come uh, the this guy, Molinick, guy yeah. was talking about, yeah. saying if you don't have, um, if you uh, like uh, don't have a father figure, if you don't grow up with a father figure, you lack a lot of empathy. And then he was saying mm. also if you have a super strict dad, you can. Um, you not develop a lot of empathy if my memory serves me correct on this. But, um, so you take something like that and then you take, um, you're bullied Mm -hmm. and the ways in which you can be bullied in today's society. Um, and then, uh, you throw like, uh, you start, you start, I mean, it's something as simple as smoking weed when you're in high school and you're only doing it like, you know, off on your own, but it's like, it's, it's how your brain is developing. Like you're like, like that whole 23, you're still developing until like you're 23 to 25 years old. And I didn't even know, I didn't even know it lasted that long. You know, like I was just like, really? Like I figured by the time I was 19, I would have just like been done growing. But it really, but like looking back on, I tell people all the time, and I'm not saying it was 23 for me because I, and and I'm not saying you were like, stop making mistakes at a certain age. Right. But um, like, I didn't have anything to get until I was about 23 years old. And then I just like got in the accelerated path, I feel like. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, you know, I think that a lot of those things can play a a serious role. Well, It's interesting right now you have the, the you know anti-bullying campaigns um, bullying being a a massive massive issue oh dude that is such a hot button issue for me in our, too. yeah in our, so in the our policies. schools yeah did you comment on that status I showed recently which one uh, it was about zero tolerance the zero tolerance policy so uh, that's been going around and so let's just say this. My thing is this. My question is this. What constitutes bullying? So, well, in today's world, uh, so many things, honestly, uh, in like so many different ways to bully somebody. It's like super, it's gotten super complex because of like, like you have phones, social media, social media, text messaging, 
Um, and I mean, it's just like the, the ways in which like never could I ever take a picture of you and Photoshop it up on my phone and make, make a penis come out of your head or something. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I could do that on my phone. Right. And then I right. can text it to everybody. I right. could put it on social media. I could do I could Snapchat and all this other stuff. Like I'm out of touch on some of that stuff, man. I don't know. Yeah, me, yeah. I don't have a Snapchat. No. But um I actually have that out by my anyway. I, I did oh. have it, man, but then I was just <laughs> like, no. Well, and that's what that's what's so out of control, I think. And so well, I should say hard to control. There's so many ways so it's, for it's people like, to attack Yeah, each other. and it's always changing. I think that we just need to... Um, uh, what if we just banned phones in school? <clears throat> what if we just said, as soon as you walk to the door, you hand in your cell phone, you got to check it in, and I think then... That's a, I think it's a pretty decent idea, but uh, I don't know. We survived without them for how many years? Yeah, no, I didn't get a phone until I was like a senior in You know, school. like, what did we do before cell phones in school? What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Uh, dude, I... What if we checked them in? When still, I only had a flip, dude. I didn't even have phone you had a apps razor. on it until you like 2010. <laughs> it's like literally what we're it's doing like, right now is less than 10 years old. And then you had to like punch one number for like three times. Dude, I could, I could text on a razor in my pocket, bro. Oh. Were you that good? Oh, uh, no. I'd be, in, I'd be in class when I'm like back when I was dropping out of college and stuff. And I'd be... And people were looking at you like, no, everybody was doing what it. Is going yeah, on? It was, yeah, but <laughs> but dude, that was like that was when I then I too I remember I bought like an HTC something, and it was a Windows based phone. You slid it open, and it had a QWERTY keyboard, oh. and it had a stylus, and there was like Windows Internet Explorer, but it like wasn't like apps. Like, dude, That's I mean, awesome. and then I remember when the iPhone came out, man, like that, man, all this stuff we've been doing man, and, and all of this, we know mm-hmm. that generations are growing up with and go, are going to grow up with is brand new. We hasn't even been around half your life. We'll never know life without a cell phone. I mean, yeah, well, without a cell phone, like they will, they will their entire lives have a cell phone. It's wild. It's crazy. And so it's like, when do you disconnect? When do you, when do you just not have a phone? Yeah, it is. Uh, I don't know, man. I noticed myself overusing mine, but so I you, do you use check mine it for in. a lot of business. Yeah, you check it in when you hit the school front, right? You check it in. You actually have to sit in class and engage. I mean, I bet teachers would love it. Love it. Teachers out there, do you agree? Um, you check it in at the door when you get there. You check your phone back out. Well, what do you think you about leave? this idea of um, body scanners or clear backpacks at schools oh, or security in schools? Man. See, dude, this okay. is what we do on the podcast. I know Ted. that's we crazy. talk about that, hard stuff, the tough man. stuff, and you're put on the spot, and you got to answer. Um, I am. If you get a if you get rid of TSA, <laughs> that's what they're going to do with all those extra body scanners. They have, it's, it's cr- like walking through that body scan. You're like, okay, like what are they looking at? Like, what are they able to see? This is crazy. Dude, you friend, know, you're going to get busted. Some dude's gonna frisk, busted the front door uh, just the other day he went to Mexico and they searched him. Um, uh, after he got and went through the body scanner, like he, they just picked him for, I guess they do nope. sometimes pick people for random and they like, um, like, 
made a joke. And then about you can then you then you get your your suitcase back, and your suitcase has been opened. It's like what? What? What did I've you never see noticed that, that my suitcase is open? Seriously, like what did you see in my bag that was so? Oh, I had five ounces of cologne instead of three. My bad. <laughs> yeah, dude, they are super strict. On you know, that. you gotta throw that stuff away. We you learned just that the hard it, way, right? like the first time we ever flew. Oh man, like we like I put. I think we put um, like shampoo or something, and like the you, wrong. You bag. better get your. You, you better get your, your little travel size, mm-hmm. bottles. But I don't know. Um, again, I think I'm gonna go back to. The fact that, I mean, do we have our our school? We're we are in a big, big, hard place in our school systems. To where, you know, we are we being forced to actually have body <laughs> scans? I'm I'm sure there's some places that. It's needed. You know, I, I wouldn't doubt that. Are they needed everywhere? I don't know. Um, but <clears throat> they don't have body scanners at the White House. No, they have securities. Security guards with guns. And dogs. Yeah. Like my Mr. Pepperman hmm. in there. That dog's huge. Dude, FYI, he that is dog so is big, bro. He weighs like 100 huge. pounds. That's ridiculous. He lost a little weight because um, he got he got a little sickly a few weeks ago because uh, he like ran away and uh, on like it was uh, at the beginning of the semester he like it's the coldest night of the whole year he ran away and was gone for like five hours and then finally came back and had icicles hanging off of him and like had jumped in the pond and um, all this crazy stuff and uh, while he went out he got staph infection worms and a parasite and I was just like. Where was he at? Dude, just like right back here in the woods. Apparently a cesspool. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I mean, he found it and ate it <laughs> and rolled in it and yeah, rubbed up against it. I don't know. <laughs> nice. But yeah. Mr. Yeah, I don't know. Man. That's a that's a lot of unpacking and a lot of there's just there's so many issues, you know. Some people say it goes back to, you know, when you took prayer out of schools and you took God out of schools and you took all, you know, that that element out of our school system <clears throat> that there was a gradual decline in our school system. And um, and I think there's there's truth to that. There's when you remove when you remove even even if. It, it, let's let's just take just the idea that of a moral standard of just a, a, a of respect for one another even if you're not like a, a seriously religious person let's say right to where if you if you take out any standard of right and wrong, you're left to chaos. Well, well, what is the standard of right and wrong? If there, if there is nothing dictating that, then what is right for you 
is right for you that yeah, might not subjective. be right for me it's all subjective and so is subjective truth can that can that even be a is that an oxymoron in 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 one label subjective truth now i might feel a certain way because that's my experience but does that mean that it's true if i'm thinking something if i perceive something of you as a person is that a true fact it's my perception until i go to that person and say is this true okay well then it's you know yes that's true no it's not but until then it's and so but i think going back to it i think if you if you remove standards if you remove god out of a system a even a just a moral code or a biblical preference uh, or um not preference but um a biblical standard of saying uh, you know it's man it's it's going to be tough to to find any line of demarcation when it comes to even just respecting another person or or life in general the importance of life um if you take away a creator let's just let's just go there if you take away a creator and you take away the idea that we are created with a purpose uh and you take you take god out of that picture and god out of that picture and the creator out of the, out of the picture what is the purpose of our life well there, there's there's nothing there's nothing really stating that uh any sort of line of of morality any sort of line of uh value to life we're just merely existing and i know that like went super well, deep what, like well, all of a sudden, what do you think about like um <laughs> people with like an agnostic viewpoint that are still they're just like they say they don't know and they still go on not knowing being totally productive yeah citizens which you know there's tons of little minority statistical yeah, things absolutely. we could go into but um that I totally get what you're saying. I would say, um, particularly with atheists, I usually yeah. have a, a particular problem with that because I'm like, I, I don't know. I've just never heard a good atheistic argument ever yeah. uh, that I couldn't poke a hole in. And that, like, because we, I, man, I have a minor in philosophy, so yeah, like, and I haven't got to um, do as much with philosophy as I would have liked over the last uh, four or five years, but. Um, it's definitely something I've kept up with, um, with logic and, mm -hmm. uh, with, with, um, a lot of, uh, like Plato, Socrates, Aristotle, mm -hmm. or Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, if you wouldn't order, <laughs> and if Socrates <laughs> even existed, <laughs> but, um, I have got a chance to work some of that into, um, some projects and some things that I've been working on, but, um, that's uh it's it is um it is interesting to see uh i think um what's most interesting is to see how that we package um like that public institution you know it's like uh, what do you mean uh, well what i'm saying is like you were talking about like removing um <clears throat> removing prayer from schools mm -hmm. it's like uh in, in the same token like i'm like well but you're going to force people to stand up and say the pledge yeah 
Yeah. You know, because like uh, I like I don't agree with that level of indoctrination. And you can call me unpatriotic, but like. I was at like when. Um, I, How about we just go to school to learn? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. Teach me about being patriotic. Like, give me a reason to be, uh, because I I don't know. Like, um, you 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 were with me at this downtown thing. Um, remember, it was super cold, and uh, we had set up the t- the booth. Yes. Um, yes. Okay. Yep. So, were you there when they sang the national anthem? Uh. Uh-uh. It was, dude, it was like a scene out of a movie. It's like everybody was kind of like moving around and then hustling Mm. and bustling all over the place, all downtown. And then it was like, we're going to sing the national anthem. And everything stopped and everybody turns and faces the same. And I was just Mm. like, (laughs) what's going on? What just happened? Like everybody's (laughs) doing the same thing but me. Right, right. But like, and that's... um. I'm not like trying to be some like uh, like I said some unpatriotic rebel or something. Right, right. But I do, it's like why do we have to do that? It it social cultural educational anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um and look I get it um but like why is that become the goal of um you know I I guess nationalism and patriotism and mm-hmm, things like that. I get mm-hmm. that but like um, well, I also I know, know way yeah. too much about history post World War II <laughs> to be very, very patriotic. Yeah, I think, man, I think that's a whole ball of wax right when there. When I'm man. super appreciative to to people that um, protect and preserve. That's what I was just gonna say. You know, no matter how you feel about, you know, from, you know, whether you are a patriotic person or a non-patriotic person or, you know, I think we're, every person is going to land somewhere on that spectrum of, of, of that. But the fact of the matter is, is we still live in a very, we still live in a free country where I can go to my church on a Sunday morning and worship how I want to worship. That did not happen by chance. There is somebody that gave their life to protect the freedom to do that. And I think it's important to recognize that and to be grateful for that. And the fact that I can sit here on a podcast and talk about God, uh, and, and, and not have my door broke down or, or your broke, your door broke down. Um, and that we're talking about kind of, yeah, yeah, for these ideas. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that you can, you, we still can have, Ideas, and we can sit sit down and have conversation. Free form, uncensored, open conversation. You know, that is that's a freedom. That that is something that um, is is not just randomly granted to people everywhere in the world. And so, I I think whether we agree with all the wars that have happened, we agree with U.S. history, whether we don't or we do, I think we all can recognize that we still live in a pretty awesome place where we can still have freedom of thought or freedom of speech. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, where we can create and put stuff on the internet. Exactly. Some of it crazy, some of it not, you know. But I don't know that I want my freedom of speech 
taken away from me. Oh, dude, I do not. You know what I'm I saying? I do not. I don't want any freedoms taken away. Um, so it's such a fine line because it's like I definitely, I definitely probably line land in that spectrum of I. I think there's just some crazy stuff online now. I think it's dangerous. I think you know there's all this stuff going on that exposes us to a lot that we wouldn't be exposed to if it wasn't for that. But at the same time, I. I don't want um, my freedom of speech to be in hand, you know, infringed on. Well, that's so like that's kind of was my point with uh, with with the pledge thing. It's like uh, let's take like a, it's like I don't want to be told like there, there should be no involvement. Mm. In my opinion, it's like mm. uh, with like you want to bring your Bible to class. You want to you want to say right. a prayer. Blah, blah blah. Right. You do whatever have, you yeah. want to do. Yeah. But I but. Everyone else should just step off, and no, so then maybe like, the, so I'm maybe saying the, like being forced to do. Yeah, something. maybe the question, maybe the question, instead of what do we allow and not allow in school, maybe the question needs to be, what if the government? Oh, did I just say that? What if? What if nobody was involved in the school, and teachers literally just got up to teach core subjects and were were able to do their job and saying. I went and got a, uh, a math ed degree, and I get to teach math now, and all I have to worry about is that's, getting up and teaching math. That's kind of how my gig at the university <laughs> is, dude. It's great. You know, I just, I wonder, I mean, I'm, I would think that a lot of teachers would agree with me. Like, what if we lived in, in a what place? If, what if they didn't have to write their lesson plan on the board without risk of being fired? I mean, come on. Seriously. Well. It's so, you take... Not that we shouldn't have standards and not that we shouldn't expect our students to excel. But the last time I checked, I know some some pretty awesome teachers. Well, and I you mean, know what I'm there, saying? Like, there are state standards. And it's like I yeah. have like so like with what I teach, like. But who's making those standards? Th- well, um, some very important people right. in the room, oh. Ted. They're in a room oh. and they're making the standards. I trust them. Okay. So, <laughs> sort of, and the standards match the book, but uh, but let's just say yeah. there's a big list of topics. Yeah, and then there's the, the you know how I interpret those topics, and there's how the historians interpret those mm-hmm. topics, and then I get to do something between all that. You know, mm-hmm. like a fair balance, like in all reality, like I don't have tons of, I feel like academic freedom with like a master's degree, but, um, it's, uh, you know, I, I will inevitably end up getting a PhD at some point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know when I've been thinking a lot about it. So uh, then maybe then after I pay off my student loans, I don't right. know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Don't get me going on student loans. You still have student loans? Oh my word. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a lie. It's a lie. Don't well, do it. Well, see, like I was just, I was talking about this earlier. It's like, um, you know, uh, people say that um, like money, the whole money came by having to say, I kind of get what they're saying. But uh, and then some, like I saw somebody being like, college is a waste of money. It's like, yeah, you know, mm, I can't agree with that. Like I became um much more well-rounded version of what I like myself and learn to think critically 
and learn to learn to commit well, to something. I mean, so I took yeah. so many yeah. things away from being in college and I'm a different and right. better human being because having gone through it mm-hmm. more productive and I'm still rocking on that path. You know, yeah. I think that like uh, the quest for knowledge and, but it's just like uh, how you know, at what cost? <laughs> well now, I, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think now they're having an issue with where there's not enough trades people. That is, yeah, that is going on. Because there, there's too many bachelor's degrees. So I got my master's for... initially. I was mm-hmm. like, man, I'm trying to give myself an edge, trying to be more competitive, and uh, it just it just gives me a, it gives you a certain if you can get within your niche. Like, I mean, I never would have thought five years ago I would be <coughs> teaching a college class, right? But um, now I'm just like I know that I could always do that on the side if I wanted to, always. That is one. Th- that is definitely one thing I, I regret so much. Is uh, I went through and got a BLA, and when I could have gotten my uh, music ed degree, and dude, I decided I have uh, all but two courses in my. Uh, but I was just I was going to do uh, get an education degree. I if took you, all but music two majors, classes. music majors, if you're listening. <laughs> Get a music ed degree because you can always fall back on it. You can always – because no matter where you go, I mean, if you want to perform, if you want to go out and you want to gig, great. But it's going to take a while before you can make a living gigging or, you know, unless you – all that in a bag of chips and you go and you, you're signed. But you've got to have a – you've got to have a plan you can fall back on and say – Yeah, it does. I mean, that's like – I mean. Get that's, a music ed degree. If nothing, <laughs> uh, get a podcasting degree. I mean, come on, isn't come that on. isn't that a thing now at, at tech? Be. I think it is I a it social is. social media major. Yeah, uh, yeah, that is true. That is true. I like how you look at the camera, Ted. I feel I, like I should do. I, it I have no words. I have no, a, a social media. You're interacting with major. the audience. I'm going to get multiple angles up in here. Um, uh, MacArthur and I have been talking about, and um, I'm about to buy my first piece of the podcasting supercomputer. I will run broadcast software. There will be multiple cameras. Wow. It will be glorious. Wow. I'll be on your face right now, Ooh. my face, split screen, special effects, maybe. But, uh, see, I, uh, dude, I, so I don't can, know. like, trim my face down and... You know, I could change. I could, could change some color. You know, make you a little darker. Yeah. Yes. yes. Well, um, so uh, anything else new going on with you, Ted? Anything new and exciting? Oh, let's see. Uh, I might be going into Italy in July. Italy, yes. cool. Hey, let me show you this. Um, I'm totally stoked. Let me. Oh wait, you shared that. Dang it! You posted that, didn't you? <laughs> the boot. No, I hated that thing because I totally looked at it. This is me. Oh. This is me yesterday. Dude, that's that's, that's a little rough, man. I, I'm not gnarly. gonna lie; it's a little rough. Before, after. Ooh, that's a rough angle, bro. Was it that one? Did you share that? I'm not looking. Okay. I hate that thing. You got me the other day at testing. You slid your hand down under that. (laughs) I did. Look at Pepper, man. Oh, he's a good boy. 
That is a hundred pound dog, bro. He's big. That's why, like, I, I feel bad uh, sometimes when we have guests over. Luckily, um, we had um, we had a friend of ours over yesterday, and he is a big time dog lover, and was That's not awesome. uh, was not messed up about it. So I took I mean, a bunch of pictures face. of him. He's oh, he's so, he's huge. got such a sweet face, dude. He's only eleven months old. <gasps> Are you serious? Yeah. He's going to grow for like another year. So that's awesome. Yeah, he's a good pupper, man. Did yeah. you want a big? Did you know he was going to be that big? Man, I wanted, I had a few breeds in mind that I wanted. Um, I wanted either a lab or a golden retriever or like a, a border collie. Mm-hmm. Or um, we had even talked about a German shepherd. So. But yeah, he was he was the perfect match. Yeah, he's my Beautiful. man. He's my buddy, Hickson. Yeah, I don't know if anything much else is going on. If you wanting to buy or sell a home, let me know. Yeah, Ted. Um, so uh, yeah, give yourself a real quick plug, real quick, and because uh, I'm, uh, you know, you can share this video on social media. Um, I'll be I'll have the video uploaded. I'm doing a bunch. I'm little behind on my video uploads they take so long dude right, i'm trying right. that's why i'm working i'm building a computer that allows me to um do a little things a little faster uh and two i'm getting my like trying to get my upload speed increased so uh but go ahead and give yourself a little plug on your uh, real estate uh business yeah yep more company realtors uh my office is there and uh, sometimes my office used to be at the coffee shop you are there a lot. I'm there a lot, and so are you. Midtown Coffee. Love me some Midtown Coffee. What's well, right across um, the street from your office, I know. too? How you, convenient. I mean, come you on. Wa- you walk, don't my you? My bank and my coffee shop are right there. Winning. I mean, and Quiznos is next huge door. life really win. Spot. Huge life win. I mean, you can do lunch, coffee, and bank right there, big time. So, but yeah, I'm there. Come on by. Give me a call. Uh, yeah, yeah. Probably don't give out your uh, phone number on the on the podcast. Probably not. But um, do, do you have like a website or? I don't. Um, okay, I don't. Like I at f- one point, I still really, um, but it just takes a lot of time. Is um, getting a real estate blog going? Yeah, there you go. Like, I would blog, love, maybe a Facebook page. I would love to do that. Facebook, um, just uh, just type in Ted Styles Real Estate or. Um, Ted Styles, and you can see my my Facebook page there. And I have an open house. Come to my open house. It's next Sunday, one thirty to four, sixty six Sundance um, in Russellville. One thirty to four. Come by, check it out. Got the open house going. You got a lot of listings going right now for you. I don't not listings, but. Hopefully, it'll pick up here pretty soon. Well, so you don't have to have listings personally to sell tons of houses either. No. That's a, bit of, no. that's a cool part about it. A lot, a majority, I would say, of my business is buyers. Yeah. I get, a lo- I get buyers. Well, you, I so you were, um, did you, was that you that made a post about people? Is there about to be a real estate class or something starting? Yes. There's a real estate class coming up. I think it's going to be a Saturday and a Sunday session um, a couple weeks in a row. So if you are interested in becoming a real estate agent, this is a pre-licensed class. So you take the class, uh, and then you take the class and take the test, and you get your license. And so if you are interested in that, uh, call the office, 479-968-3300, and um, um, just ask for Ted, and 
and then we can get you hooked up with with getting into the class. Theonidas. So, Theonidas. Theodorius. Yeah. The Theonidas touch. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, dude, thanks. Uh, so <laughs> many things to to name. I know. Na- uh, names are good. I love awesome. I love giving uh, I love giving people to gym <laughs> names too. I saw at least one of those from Micah. What is what is his? Uh, I think his is uh, Theonidas. I think the he's the first the person. See, I could I could go with that. I yeah. I think I could, I would like that. I went with more of a of a, a, a Greeker Greek name with Theodorius. <gasps> I think it's like a Sp- Spartan Ted Theodorius. Theonidas was the yeah the Spartan. Yeah, Leonidas Leonidas. But I think Boom. I think Dorius at I just the don't end have makes the, it just more the sprayed on six pack. Yeah. It probably wasn't sprayed on. It's probably real. Well, um, <laughs> we've been talking about having the podcast for a while, so I appreciate you coming on, Dude, man. This is um, awesome. You can uh, come back anytime. Uh, we should do just one, just on real estate. You know, yeah, it's, it's interesting. My dad has uh, always wanted to get a real estate license. I've known a do lot it. of real estate agencies. I actually tagged him in your status. I think that you posted that. Come on, because um, he, I think he's wanting to do that. Like he's probably about to retire. So he's wanting to do get some side gigs rolling. Yeah. And start doing some rental houses well, tell or something. Him, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But uh awesome. well, dude, uh you'll have to uh tune in when we have Justin and Bread on too. Dude, you have no idea I'm, what's about to hit your studio. A man named Bread. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's gonna be the two of them together. Oh man, that's Bread's funny. Be, I actually um, when I was in grad school in the GA, Bread was an undergrad. In a couple of the classes <laughs> that I, I was a GA for. That's awesome. So, like, I knew who he was. Yeah. <coughs> anyway, That's funny story. Awesome. Good stuff. Well, dude, let's go cool. ahead and uh, shut her on down, man. Love it. Uh, thanks for taking the time. And uh, everybody yeah. uh, hit up Theodore for all your real estate needs. And uh, he's a good dude. If you see him at the coffee house, you should have a conversation. Uh, you, you were asking me what we we're going to talk about. I was like, the same stuff we do at the coffee <laughs> house. <laughs> Brian just randomly walks in the coffee shop and we just didn't talk. Yeah, I know. I'm like, oh, hey, Ted, what's up? Yeah. Yeah, we had it, a good little. If you walk in and need real estate stuff, I'll be sitting there and feel free to sit down at the table. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll come see our man, cool. Ted. We'll see you all next Thanks. time. Thanks. Peace. <laughs>